Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Nathan East hanging with the teddy bear on LOTL Radio, The Zone. music 
because um, the the writing aspect wasn't as important to me as uh, the melodies and the harmonies. And so when it came to actually um, coming up with lyrics, that was kind of the last thing that happened, to be honest. It was like the first thing was like melodies. I would just, you know, get on the piano and just come up with different melodies and chord progressions. And and um, even when it came to writing with my group, Drew Hill, um, you know, uh, when Nokio and Woody was uh, started writing the song Five Steps, they came to me with, you know, this uh, this basically lyric sheet that had like pretty much just a poem of what uh, later became five steps after I kind of manipulated the words that they had on the page into, you know, the way that you hear uh, that song today, how it goes like five steps. Like that was, that was, that came from me. Unfortunately, you don't get paid for arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> had to, had to find that out the, the hard way. Right. <laughs> but it was cool because at least I had that skill set already. So when it came time to just put words to my melodies, um, I think uh, that's why, well, hopefully that's why, uh, you know, the melodies that, you know, I've been fortunate enough to come up with um, stick with the words because I think right. that's probably, you know, how I write melody first and then the words. You know something, you said something very interesting. You said, you know, somebody came up with that but I wasn't compensated. And I want to take it a step further because you have a lot of up and coming artists that really truly don't understand the business aspect of this industry. And a lot of these artists look up to you. A lot of them to me, they mimic a, a lot of what you did 20 years ago. What are some mm-hmm. of the initial wisdom that you can give to them, you know, up and coming artists as far as getting inputting to them and say, hey, look, this is what you need to understand first and foremost about this business before anything else. Hmm. Um, man, that's that's a good that's a good question. Uh, <clears throat> let me think. I think I think uh, um, touching back on what I what I said a minute ago about um, when artists when artists are figuring out what it is that they need to do to make it. Um, I think, uh, I think, especially with all of all of the knowledge that you can get um, from uh, from just the internet and different outlets, uh, different people, different artists, different books. Um, I think what happens is people, young artists, get all of this knowledge, and um, I think I think they do their best some of them do their best to apply it all at once and you know so you know people hear all of this talk about masters and so now everybody want to own their the masters of their music um people you know feel like they want to get paid because they hear about you know people having their own labels and and getting you know paid um and and running their own label um but i think i think um I think it's like a more of an incremental thing with me. Um, I did the best that I could to study the greats that came um, before us, the Michael Jackson's, the Prince's, uh, Madonna, Janet Jackson, um, you know, uh, LL Cool J, Run DMC, um, Will Smith. 
uh, and, and Jazzy Jeff. These these were like the artists that when when they came out, Boys to Men, Jodeci. When they came out, um, the one thing that I realized is, uh, the the I guess the quick and easy answer is, if somebody dresses up, if you're an artist and someone dresses up like you for Halloween, and nobody can figure out that they dressed up like you, then I think you got more work to do. <laughs> Without, that's, that's the easy way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> Without question. If you, if you dressed up like Beyonce and you're like, "Hey, it's Nicki Minaj," or <laughs> "No, I'm Nicki Minaj." Oh, I thought she was dressed up like Cardi B. Like, <laughs> you know what amazes me when um when Unleash the Dragon was first released. The internet was in its infancy, man. I mean, it was a baby. I, I go back, I'm kind of looking back at it a little bit. I'm like, wow. And now the internet is everything where you have artists yeah. now, independent artists are using social media as a platform to promote anything and everything that they do. How long did it take you to get acclimated to start using the social social media as a vehicle to promote your music, upcoming tours, or just whatever you need to do to keep yourself out there to stay connected to so many of your listeners who adore you and adore your music. Oh, dude, that <laughs> it was, it was, that's, that's, a, that's a really funny question. Cause <clears throat> in actuality, when, when I did my solo album, see, when I was working with Drew Hill, um, we, we had, we were kind of the last of that, that, that was kind of cut from that um, that that uh, that soul school cloth, if you will. I don't call it old school. I call it soul school, where um, where artists had artist development, and you know you had like a team of people to tell you, you know how to speak in front of people. Um, I remember my manager Kevin Peck way back when we were way back when we were like fourteen when he first found us. Um, we uh he took us to media training before we even got signed to a label um where i believe it was his aunt that that taught us which which fork to use at the dinner table you, you know what i mean um uh explaining to us how much you know we were representing um you know uh our our culture our people our family our our city um every time we get out there and so to do the best that you can to represent in the best way. Um, when we were doing that, everything was kind of analog with Drew Hill. And so when I went to my solo album, um, in an effort to make sure that my my whole project was different than what we were doing as a group, I started doing everything digitally. So my album was recorded digitally. Uh, all of my photos was, was recorded, um, I mean, were, were taken with uh, digital cameras. That were, like you said, they were in their infancy, um, which made the transition uh, for me as a solo artist a little easier into uh, the new millennium because Drew Hill, we came at the, pretty much at the very end of, you know, the, uh, the 90s. And then my album was like at the literally at the very beginning of the 2000s like 2000 is the year of the dragon that's why when i said unleash the dragon then i'm born to get a dragon and, and all of that it was like uh it it was it was kind of like every time i would ask 
to do something, it was always so expensive because a lot of times they said that those things hadn't even been created yet. Like there's this one, there's this one um, uh, special effect that we used in the thong song video when I stomped on the ground and the, and, and the, uh, the sand ripples. Right. Are you, are you familiar with that? Like right yeah, when I said, I'm dump the I was like, boom. And then we start stomp and then the sand ripples like water. That was a, man, that was a special effect that cost about $60,000 back uh, in 2000. So if you upscale that, that's about maybe a hundred grand. And um, I was explaining to the label that I felt like it, it was completely necessary, whereas the label thought it was completely unnecessary. <laughs> and it was it was crazy because, dude, that was the first time we I I used that um, I used that the second time I saw that uh, that special effect used in a movie was in the Matrix, and so we had used it first. And if you look at the if you look at the second Matrix, like when when uh when when you know when neo um you know punches the ground the ground ripples just like it did in in that video and so i it, it was a lot of that that started a lot of the rubbing with me and the label because i i had these ideas and it was just like you know whom i patented myself after michael jackson a lot of the ideas that he had were you know ahead of their time but specifically when it came to um social media even to this day, dude, uh, they still drag me kicking and pull and screaming <laughs> to that. Like, <laughs> because we had to go everywhere. Like we went to like all 50 states personally. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, I get it because I, again, I remember when, like you said, artists had to actually come to the radio station mm-hmm. to promote anything and everything they were doing. And now, mm-hmm. You could sit in the comfort of your home, conduct an interview, promote anything and everything that you want to do, and it's able to reach worldwide. It's it's amazing, completely amazing to me. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, what's the difference now between it's, it's, it, to me? I've and I've and I've had this conversation with quite a few artists that at one particular point in time they were signed to a major mm-hmm. label, and now they're independent artists. What is mm-hmm. the most challenging adjustment from being on a major label and becoming an independent artist? Um, man, uh, that bag. <laughs> <laughs> that bag. What I mean by that bag is that monte. Like, no, uh, uh, a lot of people don't know that that Thong um, Song got to get all of that incomplete. That was all on my label. And and I was uh I was uh I had a um label deal with Def Jam. So I was one of the youngest CEOs in the game. Um and uh and um it, it kinda goes back to what you were saying earlier about how um I, I don't you know, initially, like a couple years back, a lot of artists didn't really didn't really mention me a lot, but you would see um some of the things that I had done kind of reverberating with um you know what some of the younger artists were doing um and now it's just i guess it's so blatantly obvious they don't have no choice but to say that but to mention me in some way shape or form <laughs> um but man it, uh the difficult part is uh it was it was always kind of difficult for me like i said because i was um 
everything was on my label. So every time I would come up with an idea, it was always just back and forth with myself and the label of of what should come next, which was which was just it was really just crazy because they didn't have anything to do with my album. Like um, I t- I had told them that I wanted to record an album, and they uh, they had wanted a new Drew Hill album. And the main reason why I wanted to do a solo album at that specific time was because one of our members, Woody, had left the group. And I realized how that had affected uh, our fan base and how it affected the group. And we had literally been on the, on the road for probably about two years straight. And after we did the Wild Wild West with Will Smith, and he said, Cisco, Cisco, you know, it was like almost like he had given me like an alley-oop. And, you know, while we were figuring out what we were going to do, while we, like, lost our member, because if you look at that video for Wild Wild West, you'll see it's four of us in the beginning, but only three of us at the end. Yeah. Because Woody, was, Woody left the group, yeah, right right on the, on, on the set of the Wild Wild West. So, um, man, that was rough uh, for us. And then we had to finish our American leg of the tour, because when we was over in, in Europe doing the tour, you know, Woody was still in the group. And man, we had like NSYNC and 98 Degrees opening for us in Europe. So by the time we got to the U.S., man, we were, because, you know, we started off as, you know, kind of Jodeci. Uh, we wanted to be our, the best Jodeci we could be. <laughs> and um, as we as we grew as artists, we wanted to get that kind of, um, we wanted to get that, that boys to men status, if you will. And we were we were literally right there when um when when Woody decided that he wanted to lead the group, so I kind of jumped off and uh, recorded my album myself and uh, sold it back to the label because they didn't want it initially. And so you know when I came to them with you know the thong song got to get it and I had all of these records like you know the work was pretty much done. So they didn't I had spent my actually I had borrowed some money from my manager. Uh, Kevin Peck to to record my solo album, and so when I sold it back to them, you know they they they're the big machine. They had that just a bucket of money uh, to to throw you know at my project. And when you think about it, it was like because I had already recorded everything myself, it was like a whole lot of stuff they didn't have to pay for. So we had we came in, um, I, I came in uh, Dragon Music Group. I came in in the green. So when it came time to, you know, come up with these different ideas and stuff, you know, you got a whole team of people and you got like a boatload of money just kind of sitting there. Um, but like I was saying earlier with that, with that special effects, man, everything was a fight. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, like, man, it goes all the way back to when we first got into the music industry and I wanted to dye my hair blonde. They didn't even want my hair blonde. That's why if you look at the first Drew Hill album, every picture I have in that album, I have a hat on because the label thought that it would ruin our career and it ended up it ended up working uh, to our benefit. So uh, I know I took a long way to answer your question, but to answer no, the question, no. man, it's like when, man, when, when, it's, when, when it's working and you got the machine behind you, you get stuff like... Um, you get you, you, magic can magic can happen, um, but a lot of times when that magic happens, 
a lot of people don't know why that magic happened. Like, for instance, um, a lot of people don't know that. How deep is your love? How deep is your love for me? Tell me what it's going to be. That was the title track to the Rush Hour soundtrack. That was the first time that we had worked. Yeah, that was the first time that we had worked with Def Jam. And Def Jam had gotten a boatload of money to do a music, uh, I mean, to do the soundtrack for the movie. And um, at the time, they were able to pay us. We had gotten paid more than any artist in history to do that soundtrack. And that was our first number one single across the board, like on the pop charts, hip-hop charts, R&B charts. The question is, why, why did that happen? Okay, now, for one, we was hot at the time, which is, which is great. But for two, you had Death Jam, who had a, a boatload of money to do a soundtrack. You had a group that had already perform, performed and recorded the hit, so all they had to do was, was basically pay us. Plus, they wanted to prove a point because hip-hop wasn't really as prominent as it was uh, yesterday. So right. what they did was they wanted to prove a point that they, that they was a for, force to be reckoned with because a lot of artists, I mean, a lot of, uh, a lot of big companies thought that it was just a fad, that rap was going to be over. And so Def Jam, working with us, wanted to prove a point. So they threw a bunch of money at the record, and so so everybody heard it. So that's like that's like I said, magic can happen. That's one of the benefits of being with a label because you know you never know what you know what kind of pissing contest that they are having to to, to see if they can make a point or use the artist to make a point for them. And so at the end of the day, you can either reap the benefits or you know. They could, it could be another scenario where uh, a label is greedy and they got their own artist and they throw a song on you that's not that hot and then they try to jam it down people's throat and then as soon as the brainwash money runs out, then the song ain't hot no more. And you know what I mean? And then, you know, you can't continue to perform like we do, you know, every weekend. So, you know, it's kind of the gift and the curse, man. It's like if you could figure out how to catch that lightning in the bottle how to and that's the whole thing you know my manager would always say you got a better chance of getting struck by lightning than than having success as a musical artist because there's so many talented people in the world so many artists in the world and just figuring out that right that perfect storm when you get a hit when you know you get the right amount of money the right amount of promotion the right amount of marketing um, the artist is in the right uh, space, and you just, you know, music is alive. You just become music in that moment, and then it becomes a moment that people want to experience. If you're, you know, if you're lucky and blessed enough, people want to experience that moment over and over again. So without, that was without. a long answer. <laughs> no, but, but you know what? It's a truthful answer because a lot of young artists don't really understand as far as the amount of time and effort that it takes to deal with this business or understanding first and foremost, this is uh-huh. a business before anything else. Uh-huh. You know, I go back to artists like Anderson Pac, um, um, people who have sit up here, they've put in that necessary work. And now all of a sudden they've become 
extremely popular or Chance the Rapper, who was who's an independent artist. And to me, I yeah. think it's wonderful. Yeah. To me, I think it's a beautiful experience to be an independent artist for the simple fact is that you have complete creative control over your work. You're being able to you have the ability to put out something that's true to you and not allowing other people to dictate what you're doing. And speaking of that, we waited a long time to get some new music from you, man. So you've blessed us with a new EP, a little slice of cheesecake with Genesis. Tell the listeners <laughs> out there. <laughs> Tell the yeah. listeners out there about Genesis and when did you, when did you initially start started when you initially started working on the EP? Okay, well, um, well, Genesis is a new EP I have out, uh, and um, basically, what happened was uh, in everything that we have going on, um, and when I say we, I mean myself uh, and Drew Hill, as well as my um, man <clears throat> outside of music, I, I have a. I have a children's book, uh, holiday book, um, that uh, that you can get out um, right now called Cisco's Perfect Christmas. So I just want to throw that out there. Um, okay. <laughs> but when with uh, with with the Genesis EP, what happened was <clears throat> um, we we I was going over to uh, to Australia, and we were going to Australia, and we were figuring out what we wanted to do with merchandise because I had, I was asked, um, I was asked by the venue if, um, if I wanted to sell anything, then I, then I had to, you know, you know, get it in by a specific time. So uh, I got with my team and uh, that was when I was informed um, by, I I believe it was, it was Talisha Brown. I, I can't remember because she she's always on stuff like that. She said, "You know, it's the 20th anniversary of Thong Thong this year." I was like, <laughs> "I mean, of 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 Unleash the Dragon," and I was like, "Oh, it is." She was like, "She was like, yeah, what you gonna do? What you gonna do, Hammer?" And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "We had just came off. We had just came off a show with Hammer." I was like, "She does she know I'm Cisco?" No, I'm just joking. She ain't say Hammer, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, what happened was. Uh, we decided to. I was working on some music. Um, to like, I'm I'm always working on, on fresh um, music, and uh, I'm I'm also in the midst of doing an album with Drew Hill, and okay. so the uh, the question was, like, how can how can I release some music without with without prematurely putting out uh some some music that people want to hear from Drew Hill. And so I was like, well, hey man, you know, I got these I I I got a I got a couple new songs. Um I, I got just one song that I only did a chorus to. Um maybe I could just do, you know, a couple of records because it's not like it's it's clearly Cisco music. It's nothing like what people would expect from Drew Hill. Maybe I sew that together and just, you know, put an EP out. And so it was like, oh, okay, cool. So we put that together. I came up with a name with it, and um, when I uh, when I went to Australia, we performed in front of like thirty thousand people, and uh, we had finally gotten the mix and master back because I was going to sell it at at the venue um, with this musical card that we pass out, 
And, dude, I was like, uh, hey, man, what better way to sell the record than to sing it in front of these 30,000 people? And so, you know, my manager was like, cool. I was like, yo, just play it, and I'm going to sing it. And, man, I sang it, and the crowd reacted like they knew the record. And so I was like, oh, okay, I guess it's as hot as I thought it was. So <laughs> I was like, man, I need to. I need to do a, I need to do more than you know just one of these. So you know Genesis is the first one. Um, it's got you know three new songs and uh, one song from my last album, Last Dragon. And I figured you know hey man, let me do a series of these. So this is the first one, Genesis. The second one is Exodus, and the last one is going to be Revelation. And all I'm going to have three new songs with one song from my uh, from from my um, previous album and it's all pretty much just to you know just to kind of keep y'all rocking until that new drew hill music drops lord have mercy well the revelation for today we got cisco joining us live here in the zone and let's get into one of the singles from the new ep genesis called bend down here in the zone of lotl radio
but, really truly yeah. appreciate uh, it. There's also a um, song. There's also a Christmas song called Perfect Christmas. So, okay. You know, you could, you could put that with the book. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So it is oh, written. So it wait, shall wait. be due. This this the last last shameless promotion. Christmas uh, in Baltimore. True Hills Christmas okay. album. That's out right now too. Christmas so once in again, Baltimore. thanks, man. I'm gonna go pick up my kids. They 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 can't stop singing the music. So that was how I knew that it must have been hot. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Stay blessed, brother. Okay, and have a wonderful you too, Christmas. Man. You too, okay? man. Per- you have a perfect holiday. All right. God bless. All right. The very talented Cisco here in the zone of LOTL Radio. Lord have mercy. It's definitely a beautiful thing on this whew, rainy Tuesday afternoon. But need to fear. The teddy bears got you here. Comfy and cozy. Safe and sound like Linus's. Reliable blanket, Lord have mercy. Let's get lost in some more Cisco from the new EP Genesis with Dragon here in the zone of LOT Radio. Cisco, no, no, no. Uh, Trump. Yeah. the dragon's here.
had to bless you just a little bit with uh, Sky Verbs. <laughs> Hit right, Lord have mercy, here in the zone of LOTO Radio. Want to send out a lot of love to Cisco. Thank you so much again for joining us. And remember, family, be sure to purchase his new EP, Genesis, available on all streaming platforms. And to get all the latest updates, stop by his Instagram page at Instagram.com forward slash Cisco. And also at Twitter, official Cisco at Facebook, the same handle. Definitely a beautiful Experience 1.45 p.m. Central Standard Time here in downtown Houston, dealing with a lot of rain and inclement weather, but it's okay. The teddy bear is comfy and cozy, sipping on some Thai chi, feeling extra cuddly, extra extra lovable, which is always a, uh, a beautiful, a beautiful experience. And for those who missed the interview, shame on you. No need to fear. The teddy bear still has so much love for you. You can listen to the interview in its entirety. All you have to do is pull up that app on your cell phone. You can go to iHeartRadio and type in L-O-T-L, The Zone. But if you're feeling an extra little Spotify-ish, <laughs> we're also on Spotify, too. Same handle, L-O-T-L, The Zone. And while you're there at both websites, be sure to subscribe so you can get all the latest updates. We don't want you to miss out on these exceptional broadcasts because I seen the need, and I'm here to fulfill those needs of bringing excellent radio. Mm. We want an R&B music, jazz, soul, gospel. We want it shaken, but never stirred. Lord have mercy. And to get all the latest updates, stop by our official website on Instagram at Instagram.com forward slash L-O-T-O Radio The Zone. Also on Twitter at L-O-T-O Radio. And last but certainly not least, Lord have mercy. <laughs> That's at Facebook, facebook.com forward slash L-O-T-O radio, The Zone. I want to thank everyone for tuning in and tuning out all the negativity. Until I meet you on the other side, hey, stay positive, chocolate rainbows, Skittle candle bars, whatever you need to get you through today, make it happen. But as in always, Keep it soulful each and every time <laughs> while you're vibing in the zone of L.O.T. Radio. Now, you got to get in straight. How could 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.